I mentioned in a former episode that I'm a little bit of a petrol head. To be honest with you, I've been spoiled rotten when it comes to my love interest for cars. I've had the opportunity to drive in some cases and in many cases to be driven in some of the most amazing cars in the world. In some of the most amazing roads in the world. I do consider myself fortunate. Be it fancy Mercedeses, Jaguars, old Triumph Spitfires, off-road dune buggies made by Polaris or fancy four-wheel ultra-luxury super-safe Volvos. I've had quite the range. But I think one of the most interesting cars that I've ever driven, that I've ever had a personal connection with, was my bandmate's Suzuki van. Now, this was a Suzuki Omni. And a little bit about my my bandmate. You know, once a bandmate, always a bandmate, am I right? Um, This guy was my bassist and was one of the main reasons I got introduced into the whole genre of rock and roll. I think he was the reason I listened to my first Metallica song ever, my first Iron Maiden songs ever. And that just basically unlocked so much. It's like, it's like you know, those, uh, you know, Minesweeper? Well, I, if you're relatively young, you might not know what that is. But it's like you press a button and it, in some cases, opens up this entire new area that you weren't sure about previously. And that's what that guy has done for me. We played modern rock. Uh, I later got interested in completely different parts, completely different genres of music and also moved to several different countries. So it's been hard to keep track of me and it's also been hard to kind of keep track of each other. Um, But he's one of the most incredible people that I've ever met in my entire life. He runs a business selling and distributing computer components, stuff like printers, cartridges for printers, paper materials, stuff like that, supplying offices, supplying private people. And when everybody else in the world was selling DVDs at ultra expensive, ridiculous prices when they were just new, blank CDs and DVDs, mind you, this guy was selling them at a tenth of the price. I became friends with him instantly because I was really into computers and I was really into uh, people who could help me explore my hobbies a little bit. And this guy was an incredible artist when it comes to his abilities to sketch, right? He could just, he would just be sitting, smoking a cigarette and then meanwhile sketch just the most beautiful version of you that you could ever dream of. And he'd just, just do it as a pastime. One of the most interesting things about him, he was one of the most giving people in the world. He would just give you everything he owned. And one of the things that he owned was that Suzuki Omni. Now, he bought that van, I'm guessing, for business so that he could move his supplies about in different parts of the city. I think somewhere he also wanted uh, to support the band and to encourage us to, to find a jam room that was away from the city and be able to drive there. But I was um, I was more or less the only person in the band who had a driver's license and who actually knew how to drive. Um, and to be able to drive that car specifically. 
Why do I say it like that? It was an 800 and uh, something like an 800 cc engine. It the engine was underneath the seat. The car had a gas mileage of eight kilometers per liter. For you imperial folks, that's like 16, 17 miles to the gallon, somewhere in the nearabouts, maybe 18. And the tire pressure was 8 PSI on a good day. So basically, you'd spend a liter of fuel just to get to the petrol station. And the petrol station was not far from my house. <laughs> um, I remember one time parking the car downhill. And I forgot to put the handbrake on. I came back a week later. The car was in neutral. Handbrake was not on. And the car hadn't moved an inch. It was just stuck. It was one of the many problems that it would just spontaneously have. At one point, I remember the fuel filler cap had some problem and it would just be, it just, it just, it would just fall off. It doesn't matter it, when you, when you put it in, it gave you a really solid feeling of really good connection. You could give it like a couple of whacks and it, it would stay there. And just as you're driving along, spontaneously, it would just <laughs> fall off. And lo and behold, some kilometers later, you'd run out of gas and be wondering why. Your car's been spilling petrol everywhere. <laughs> uh, this one time to, to be able to close... Um, the, the fuel killer filler cap, we basically ripped out some old carpet from somewhere and just forced it in <laughs> so that it would at least, uh, at least we would reach the next mechanics place or the next fuel station or wherever we could continue, you know, being able to drive the car. So it was basically a Molotov cocktail. I drove a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> This one time in the rainy season, um, you know how most cars have plugs underneath the the floor mats and the carpeting? That's usually so that if in case you have to wash the car, there's, there's drainage. That car basically had n almost no leftover carpet. Um, it had no floor mats. And by the time I reached our jam room, my all my clothes were wet because water had been secretly splashing into the car and it was so loud that you I, I couldn't hear it i couldn't even feel it because it was so warm and it had such a nice fragrance of machinery that i basically never paid attention to to my own clothes while driving i was always looking outside the road um outside to the road i mean and i had all these incredible visceral experiences with that car and one time, the experiences went, I think, a little bit too far. For an 800cc car, it was correctly sized. It's like one of those comedy vans that you find in documentaries about J Japan. It's exactly what you have in mind. If you can't Google it, it's exactly what you have in mind. It's a Suzuki Omni in case you do have access to Google right now. And... Um, we would be four members of the band, an entire drum kit in the tr uh, in the boot, and all of our guitars, basses, amplifiers, everything. We would we would pack it up like almost comically. 
and um, one time we were driving back from the jam room and um, I was going to drop off all of our band members into their respective places and I noticed something was funny about the car. It was, it wanted to accelerate a lot more than usual. I couldn't understand it. Um, when we unloaded the car, the weight difference was probably, I think, 300, 400 kilos by the time we got rid of almost all of the other equipment, all of the other bandmates, and then it was just me and my bassist friend. KB is his name, by the way. So me and KB finally get into the car. I've been telling him, hey, there's, there's some problems with this, with the driving setup. There's something wrong. But he had heard that from me so many times that we were basically just used to it. And um, we kept driving and uh, it was accelerating a little bit too hard. I didn't notice it when the car was fully loaded. But now that, you know, it's, it's an empty van, you're hearing, you're hearing everything a lot better. You're not talking we've finally taken out the diastrates cassette from the the cassette player by the way it had one speaker and it was perfect it was so broken but it was perfect it always sounded just right and as i continue to drive the car i feel like it's it's getting harder to control than usual and um i say dude i think we 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 should find a mechanic or something and at this point it's like 8 p.m. and like most of my stories, we are in the mountains where people like to go to bed early. And that includes mechanics. We started to drive into the city um, in search of a mechanic. And at this point, we're far from home. Our houses aren't that far apart, but now we're relatively far from home. We're driving through a, a dark highway that is unlit. And the only um, light source we have is the flickering one headlamp of the of the car of the van and we keep driving at some point the problem with the car becomes so much more amplified than it was in the beginning of our journey uh, of our journey that i am using the ignition as the accelerator so the moment i give any ignition the car would basically start to move as if it was with full throttle. So I wasn't even touching the throttle. My my right foot was basically on the brakes. It was, of course, it was a manual. And I was just, anytime that we would want the car to move, I was using the key. So anytime I would put it into on, it would basically... This is like hard to explain any other way. <laughs> Onomatopoeia is my friend. And... Any time I would need to brake, I would basically kill the engine and I would um, hit the brake a little bit and then start the engine back in, back in again. So it would always be coming to like a jittery start. And um, I tried not to kill the engine <laughs> uphill because uphill it would be a big problem because otherwise we'd basically be stuck. And um, Luckily, the only times that we were stuck in traffic were when we were going downhill. And so when I would have to brake in order to be compliant with traffic and not run into the, the guy in front, um, I would have to hit the brakes hard, turn the engine off, and then to start the car again, I would just have to put all, all um, I would have to clutch in. And then when the car was moving 
then hit the ignition again and the car would basically start up with full throttle again. And I'd have to, of course, ride the brakes in order to keep it in control. I broke the car a lot that day. <laughs> and an hour and a half later, we haven't found a mechanic. And we realize now that the gas is almost empty again for the second time in the day. And we drive through the city in back into uh, a little bit of a, a wilderness and where we knew that there was one gas station on the way. We go to the gas station, we pull in and, and immediately we have gas station attendants there and immediately that guy senses something is wrong because it's just jittering in right towards the pump. And he asks me, hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, dude, this car is fucking possessed. It accelerates for no reason. And I've been just accelerating using the, using the ignition switch. And he's like, oh, okay. Do you mind getting out of the car? I got out of the car. He got into the driver's seat. The choke lever was fully pulled. He just pulled it back in. And he said, there, I fixed it for you. Got out of the car. <laughs> we paid the man to fill fuel in our, in our van. And we went about our days. <laughs> so apparently the problem that day was that the choke was the choke lever was fully pulled. And if you're not familiar with what a choke does, it, it's basically helping cars with carburetors to, um, to, to, to burn more richly. So there's more fuel, less air. But it basically forces more, more fuel to be, to be in there. And um, I had no experience with cars like that. I had no experience on using the choke. I don't know at some point if, if it was me who turned the choke lever, uh, pulled the choke, uh, choke lever out, or if there was some other colleague, somebody accidentally knocked it open. I don't know how it got to that state. And I don't know why it started to act out only that day, only at that time, and not in any other situation where something dangerous could have happened. But it was one of the most hilarious and beautiful experiences of my life. And I loved that car so much. For most of the world, this would be total junk. But for me, and I believe for KB as well, it was the best car in the world. Apparently, it got nicked six months after the band broke up. The robbers dropped it off a kilometer later. That's how messed up that car was. And I would kill to own that car again. <laughs>